welcome to the Wadley Arrow Podcast, featuring your favorite host. Beautiful and lovely, talented. Justin Horn. World famous, yeah. World famous? And Jimmy Neese. I said, honey, I think I got a tick in my butt crack. I'm like a 16-year-old girl who just turned 16. You know me like I'm some crackhead. Oh, I looked at him like a, he was a 16-year-old girl that, that just, turned just turned 16. <laughs> Spread his butt cheeks for some reason. Yeah, I, I like to do that when I'm nervous. Welcome to another episode of The Wobbly Arrow. Hi, Justina. How you doing, Jimmy? How are you, J-Hole? I'm doing all right. That was disgusting. Yeah, that came from a deep place. I was going to say, you look like it caught you completely off guard. <laughs> yeah, like, it kind of did. Mid-sentence. <laughs> Yeah, wasn't expecting that one. So let's talk about sponsors. Sponsors. Midwestfishing.org. Oh, what about them? Doug and Jesus. Doug and Jesus? They're doing pretty good. Nick and Chris. I, I haven't really, I haven't, I'm not, I can't say that I've kept up with their Facebook page. I figured you would be um, one of the authors by now. One of the authors? No. Of the blog. You've got enough knowledge, you and Nick. No. They you haven't. could ghostwrite under the... Peter Swing Freely or whatever name you wanted to use. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Ghostwriter? Right, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah I guess I could, are. yeah. Use my porn name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why but, do you... Yeah, no, I'm not even going there. <laughs> <laughs> I had one ready, too. No, we're not. We're not. No, uh, let's keep her clean. Uh, but, yeah, it's... I No, I just haven't... I haven't I haven't kept up with... I've been really busy, Jimmy. You've been busy? Yeah, I've been working a lot. I know. Oh, uh, yeah. I can tell you're weighted down by all that money. When you came through the door, you looked about three inches shorter. It's hanging to my knees. Yeah, if your wallet is. Oh, uh, yeah. My pockets are full, too. That's what I figured. Uh, all that railroad money. I know. Yeah, it's getting a little ridiculous. So where were we? Midwestfishing.org. Midwestfishing.org. Yes. That's the uh, ADD show for you. They have hibbity, a... Hibbity, hibbity, hibbity. <laughs> Midwest porn fishing <laughs> money talk is what we're doing today. Uh, no, uh, but they, they have a wonderful uh, blog slash... Uh, uh, Facebook. Facebook page, yeah. and they're getting ready to have a tournament yep. soon. Yep. It's... Mill Creek in September. September. 80% payout, I think, wasn't it like that? Yes, crazy. and then uh, the rest of it's going to... Uh, Marshall Pool Marshall Fund. Marshall Pool Fund. Yeah, they're so. building a new pool here in town. And 80% payout's pretty good, but $5 big fish, uh, $20 per boat. Uh, so, and I'm pretty sure big fish pays out full. You take an alpha brain, because you're going like off the top of your head with all this. I'm like really impressed. That's... Uh, uh, if I've fished so many tournaments, they're usually all about the same. Oh, okay. Is it 20 bucks or 40 bucks a boat? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's 20 I don't know. We'll look it up for the next show. I'm pretty sure it's 20 bucks. <laughs> could be 40 But I'm pretty sure it's 20 bucks a boat. I know it's $5 big fish. Actually, I think if if you mention the Wobbly Arrow, you get in for 5 bucks a boat. 5 bucks a boat. Doug and mention- Jesus will make up the difference, Chris. That's right. The money will be in there. Remember, he said he's the money man behind right. it all. Right. So. so you won't get shorted if you win, but you won't have to pay as much if you mention the Wobbly Arrow. You go up and go, "Hey, Jesus, this we need this uh, little discount from the Wobbly Arrow," and then you show him uh, our Facebook page on your phone, and they will uh, take your five bucks and let you right in. Say good luck. Yeah. Go get it, boys. Fish them up. Them. That's right. What's what's the word? How do they start a fishing tournament? Is it like a cap gun deal? No, usually now it, it's really all according to what uh, how many boats you got. I mean, you can kind of go in waves. 
You get Daryl Waltrip out there on the loudspeaker. Like, Let's go uh-huh. fishing. <laughs> no, it's uh, if you got a, if you only have eight, ten boats, you can go kind of you know at the same time. But a lot of these bigger tournaments, you got twenty boats plus. Uh, they what they do is you draw a number. Okay. And uh, what and then they will go one, and then they'll count count to like five, like literally five to ten seconds, and it's like one, two. And then they'll just say it over. And then if you're late, you're late. That's it. They say your number, you better go. Because if the guy behind you gets out in front of you, you're screwed. Because you're, now you're playing bumper boats. <laughs> it's pretty hectic. It really is. Because, I mean, you're talking about these machines that go 80 miles an hour on the water. You know, you're not ta- you're not out there in a paddle boat, you know. Go! Wicka, wicka, wicka. You know, it's not it's not one of those things. <laughs> It's a it's a boat, you know what I mean, and then and you're all scrunched together in this one little tiny area, and they say go, and you better be ready to go. Yeah. Okay. Midwestfishing.org. Midwestfishing.org. <laughs> now that we have totally derailed yeah. ourselves. Yeah. What's another one? Another one. Osage Creek Archers. Mm. Family friendly 3D course in Marshall, Illinois. Fall Classic coming up. September 9th and 10th, we're going to have 40 targets out there. We'll have both loops, the front loop and the big loop going. And that is your last shoot, right? Last shoot of the year, yep. You got to get ready for deer season, people. You can't, I be, keep, can't be shooting middle of October. I'm, I'm beating the skeleton of the dead horse because it's been there so long, but I, I promise you, you cannot beat 3D archery for uh, practice for hunting. And on the last one, bring your range finder. Bring everything that you can carry that you hunt with. Bring it all. Yeah. If you're if it's cool enough and you have a certain jacket that you plan on wearing, wear it. Yep. And make sure that you can shoot with it on. Wear the hat you're going to wear. If you're going to wear a face mask, practice with the face mask. If you hunt with a breech cloth like the Indians, wear your breech cloth. Yeah, do so, but bring it all and uh it, it's it, it really is essential because you if you get out in the woods and let's say you got a face mask on you're not used to uh using it. I think it. that's why I didn't kill my buck last year last January. Yeah, the it, big one. You draw back, and, and that kisser button or, or that string, wherever whichever you yep. use, will not sit in the same spot or it won't feel right That's on right. your face. All this, you'll be hitting the targets like to the left or something. You'll be like, what's going on? Oh, my anchor's pushed out. Yeah. That's what's going on. So you, it, br- Good bring advice. It yeah, bring J-Ho. it off. Good advice, J-Ho. So Osage Creek Archers, uh, 3D course in East Central Illinois here in Marshall. Come by and shoot. You too, Jay Quellen. You make the drive. You come and see us. That's bring your right, hunting Jay setup. Quellen, bring some donuts too while you're at it, even though Jimmy can't eat them because of his diabetes. That's all right. <laughs> That's okay. Hey, I'm still losing. I'm down to 220. Oh, Lord. I don't even want to know where I'm at right now. <laughs> I'm smoking him. Yeah, he, I'm going the opposite direction. He's the one that whenever I said I'm the duff and then I got the report like, oh, dude, I have to lose some weight. He's like, oh, race you. Oh, race you. He could be that. I was just saying that because I didn't want to see him die from oh, his diabetes. Oh, yeah, right. I, I didn't want to see him get like this weird, funky green toe or something like that, get infected. Green toe. Yeah, and then... <laughs> I didn't want none of that, so so I just kept eating. Is that the excuse you're really going to go with? What? You going with that excuse? I don't want to say you died. That you wanted to save my life. Yeah. That's why your ass Isn't is still fat. Isn't that a good fat. enough excuse? Hey, man, you, <laughs> it's your story. You, you want to know what my excuse is right now? Yeah. Uh, Stress from the house. I'm eating for comfort. No, 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 no. Not that at all. It has to do with the house. I have literally, this is the first time I've been home every night in, I want to say, three or four years that I've actually went to work, 
and then came home, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And I've done it for the past three weeks. If more in the past in the past couple months, I've I've come home more than I've ever come home. Yeah. And I I literally, but it's a it's an hour drive, so I've been getting up at three o'clock in the morning, get ready for work, going to work, not getting back till seven at night. Honestly, I don't feel like doing nothing. Yeah. I get home, I get in the shower, cook something to eat. If I have time, I if before dark I'll shoot my bow, and just because. It's really close to deer season, and uh, and then I'll go inside, cook dinner, watch some TV, and go to sleep. I mean, that's literally been my routine forever. And then Saturday we got football, and I've been working Fridays. You know, yeah. uh, Saturday we got football, and then Sunday is pretty much the only day I get to do whatever I want. So I'll take the boys squirrel hunting or something like. That. I re- I just haven't been. I've been really wanting to go to the gym, but I I. I consider shooting my bow and hanging out with my family way more important amen to that and yeah, i don't know it's plus whatever, the, it's, it's the whatever floats your boat. hundred thousand dollar bet we got going on you know you're not out that much <laughs> right we're we're hundred thousand dollars i'm just making it up oh is that how much we got riding on it mm-hmm. hundred thousand dollars okay mm-hmm. i'll draw up a piece of paper that says a hundred thousand yep. dollars i'm i'm betting it on mayweather tomorrow night oh i can't wait for that fight <laughs> oh lord yeah i know i'm excited too I'm excited too. I want uh, my, uh, McGregor to win, but you'll do nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he. Uh, I'm I'm voting for McGregor. I, I I. So there's two ways you can do this. You you look at it with your head and your heart. So my head's saying Mayweather's going to win. My heart's saying Mc, I want McGregor to win. You know how much information I've gained on this stupid fight. <laughs> I know. Huh? What just way. Way too much downtime. Like I'm sitting at work, but I can't go anywhere. Like I'm I'm sitting on, like where I'm supposed to be sitting, and then it'd be like, well, you can't go do anything because you have to be ready to leave anytime. And it'd be like four or five hours of just sitting there waiting to oh go to work gosh. on the ready. Yeah, yeah. So you'll I, so I'll get out of my machine. And just be kind of sitting there next to it, because I got just trying to stretch my legs, you know. And it's just video after video after video. I've learned that McGregor uh, is a lot faster than what people think he is. I've learned that uh, he really does have a pretty good fighting chance in this race. I learned that Floyd Mayweather's is it uncle? His uh, for yeah, his uncle. The guy that trains him. Okay, I'm uh, listening. Okay, he uh, he kind of admitted because he's kind of senile. You talking about his dad? Is it his dad that trains him? His old man. Is it his old man? Yeah, I thought it was his uncle. I thought no. he had. I thought he had beef with his old man. His uncle trained him. No, that's his dad. That's his dad. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, his kind of senile, but it still trains him. They still hit pads and stuff together. Yeah. And uh, he he come out in the interview and said. We've trained enough for this fight. <laughs> it wasn't. What it does wasn't. That mean? We've trained our hardest we've ever trained. This training camp was enough for Conor McGregor. So he hasn't trained as much. Which he is getting old. So um, and that's Floyd Mayweather. You know, Junior or whatever. Uh, he he is kind of. Oh man, he's getting up there. I don't know what's going to happen. He breaks his hands. Wait. He's broke his hand so many times. 
right? And we all know that Connor can take a punch. Yeah, but did you hear about uh, Pacquiao when he fought Pacquiao? Mm-hmm. Pacquiao was being kind of reckless with him, and Floyd tagged him with a pretty hard one, and all of a sudden Pacquiao backed up. He quit going inside on him. I don't think I don't think you'll get that from Connor though. I really don't think you'll get that from Connor. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just I I don't. And that was know. two years ago. I don't know. And he hasn't trained. I don't know. He hasn't trained. <laughs> Man, you know how you know how much you know forty nine times know, guys with times. power fought him. Yeah, I know. He's had guys with power before. I want to believe that Connor's gonna knock him out. I do too. I, I really want to believe, or at least, if not knock him out, at least go twelve rounds, and everybody, and it be close. Even if if it goes twelve rounds and it's close, Connor won. He might he may lose on the cards, but if he can survive, but if he can sur- not, not necessarily survive, I mean compete. If he competes for do twelve rounds. Do you remember rounds. the first fight with Nate Diaz? Nate was getting the best of him standing up. Connor went to the ground and got choked out. Right. Connor went to the ground because he was getting his butt kicked and he didn't know what to do. Right. He couldn't handle it. Right. Okay, Nate is not a world championship boxer. Okay, well, here's the difference. Okay. Uh, Sell me on this, J-Ho. When Connor fought, that Connor's biggest, um, uh, his, 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 the best thing he's got on his side is not his fighting abilities. Not like his just, I can fight anyone right now. His biggest thing is is if he has an opponent and he has time to train for that opponent opponent. Mm-hmm. Time to study his moves. He can he's really, really good. That's why the second fight went horribly for Nate Diaz. That's why Conor McGregor beat his face in. Because he had a year. Was it a year? Or six months? He had a while. Yeah, he had quite a while to study all of his tapes, all of his fights, all of his everything. And he gained twenty pounds because he was Nate Diaz was also twenty pounds heavier than he was because it was a fluke fight. They somebody dropped out of yeah. the Connor fight. Nate, Nate stepped, up. stepped up for it. Yep. Connor was set up for a hundred and fifty fifty five, and then Nate was walking around at 170, 175. So there's a big weight difference there also. Mm-hmm. And and Nate Diaz, you can't. He's 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 a damn good fighter. Yeah, he is. <clears throat> so. I, I, we're totally talking about this on the podcast. I'm go, I'm going way off the rails here. That's all right. But uh, but just back to it. I, I I'm I'm more optimistic now than I was the last time we talked about this. Last time it was pretty much I hope Connor wins. Odds are he's not going to touch Mayweather. Now well, I think he'll touch him. I just don't think he's maybe a on the head of the peepee. I don't think he stands a chance. I really don't. I, if he doesn't get him knocked out in the first three rounds, it's over. I don't think the fr- first three rounds. Con- Connor's got the stamina to go twelve and still keep his punches. Uh, but if he's only got so many tricks up his sleeve, and if for, if somehow Mayweather gets used to his angles and tricks, then he's he's not going to hit him. Yeah. But that's the only, that's what he's got going for him is is he's got power from places that Mayweather has, hasn't seen before just because it's a totally different kind of training. Sure. 
I get it. I get it. I trust me. I want McGregor to kick his butt. But yeah, you're you're pretty much right. If he does, I mean, he's really really what it's going to take is he's going to have to hurt him, and then just jump on him. I yeah. mean, he, he can't. That's it. Yep. <laughs> and not punch himself out. Not yeah. Not punch himself. I, I don't think he's smarter than that. I hope so. Uh, he has been. If you watch all of his, if you watch his fights, he talks a lot of shit, and then gets in the octagon and <laughs> did you see I almost said ring did you see after that uh alvarez fight he acted like he was gonna be humble he's like i would like to take just a moment to all the people i talked bad about and apologize for absolutely nothing yeah. <laughs> i was like holy cow yeah him and freaking brock lesnar are, yeah. are the only two that and, and he is still kind of Humble. Everybody he's beat just about, he's hugged afterwards. Oh, yeah. yeah so, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not yeah, like... Yeah. It's a big show. That's all I'm, it is. I'm excited for tomorrow night, man. I am, too. I'm so ready for that fight. Yep. Oh, I've, I've just... Yeah, everything's going to be running through my head at the same time. Oh, I'm yeah. just sitting and watched video after video after oh, video yeah. after video. I was even watching him, uh, this the behavioral guy, break down, like Mayweather's facial feature recognition. Um, uh, not recognition. The he was basically reading his body language during the interviews, right? Basically saying Connor has a chance. Floyd's not 100 percent sh- sold that he's going to beat Connor. Right. I don't know. I don't care. Well, it, it doesn't I, matter when that does, when, when the bell matter. rings. It does matter. Well, it's not going to matter. Yeah, once the bell rings, it's just going to be woo alcohol. But it's <laughs> but, but it's not a. It's not. Yeah, I hope it. Just, I just hope it's a damn good fight. Oh, it will be. Regardless of the outcome, I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah. I ordered it today. I'm you, ready to go. Are you ready to yeah, go? Yeah, I'm ready to go. Good. So let's talk about our last sponsor, and then we'll get to the show. Last sponsor is Nice Archery, your uh, family-friendly, female-friendly pro shop in Marshall, Illinois. <laughs> you like how I threw that in there? I like that. Jessica yeah. will be proud. Uh, here in Marshall, stop by, come and see me. I... Uh, we can work on the current bow you have. I've got new bows for sale, broadheads, safety belts, all kinds of stuff, arrows. I have the Just for Does for the women, mm. the scent control products that oh, yeah. won't dry their hair out. Won't dry your hair out, won't break off and fall out right. the tree stand. Won't turn it to a broom. That's right. I've got Slay uh, scent stuff. I've got all kinds of stuff in here. Come and see me. Um, we will get your bow shooting right. If you need some help, I'm a level three USA archery coach you've got a little hiccup in your get up we can we can work on that too do what a hiccup in your get up oh okay meaning if you you know something wrong with your bow you something wrong with your bow or your shot process you mm-hmm. flinch something's wrong you're anticipating we can we can definitely work on it i bet that's what he's talking about oh that's exactly what i was talking about <laughs> hey today's guest she was fantastic absolutely awesome beautiful lovely talented jessica taylor byers Oh, that was me. That was my intro. Well, I know, but I'm, uh, I'm we let... switching it over now. Yeah. I see how it is. She, I see uh, how it is. she was a sweetheart. We had a great time. She is a follow her arrow. She's on Facebook. Oh man, I should ask ask her to tell all of her Instagram handles and all that stuff. But if you search Facebook, follow her arrow, you will find her, and she is. Um, I would say doing great things. Oh, she's doing awesome. 
Yeah. Yeah, so. with all the with the schools and everything that we discussed, it's it's, yeah. it's it's amazing. So it's a really good show. I hope you guys enjoy it. Be sure and give her a follow on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, all that stuff. Uh, shoot her a shoot her a note. Give her some feedback. Let her know that you heard her on the Wobbly Arrow. And uh, thank you guys to all of our listeners for listening. We love each and every one of you. This is uh, this has been a fun ride, and, and we're excited to continue to do it. So yeah, like an old retired radio host. What are you talking about? We love you guys. Thanks for joining us. But this is the end of the road. I've <laughs> <laughs> been doing this for 37 years. This is show number 18. <laughs> show, We're getting show kind number of 8,097. Yeah, no kidding. No, but uh, seriously, thank you guys for listening. I think you guys will enjoy Jessica. She was a, she was a great guest, so... We're not uh, signing off, but until next time. We're doing the Stay Wobbly right now? <laughs> this is the intro, man. <laughs> not the outro. <laughs> oh, are we going to record an outro? Okay. Have we ever No. an outro? No. We just say Stay Wobbly in the middle of the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> uh, if it wasn't so unpolitically correct, I'd call us retards right now. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Enjoy, guys. <laughs> Stay wobbly. <laughs> We've got a special guest tonight, Justin. Who would our special guest be, Jimmy? Jessica Taylor Byers. How are you, Jessica? I'm good. How are y'all doing? We are doing good. We want to thank you very much for being on our show. Uh, thank you for having me. I'm excited. Good, 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 good. Glad, glad we could do this twice. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. So, Jessica, you're from Holland, Texas. Is that right? I live in Holland, Texas, but I'm I'm from Temple, Texas, which is about 20 minutes from me, 20 uh, minutes north of me. So, uh, yeah, Holland is a little farm town, but I was born and raised in Temple. And what well, was uh, your your husband from Holland then? He's actually from Temple as well. Oh, okay. Um, Holland is where my grandmother lived. Uh, when she got a little bit older, my dad moved her back here and renovated an old farmhouse. So we live in a early to mid 1900s farmhouse that he renovated for her. It's, it's perfect. It's the cutest home ever. When she passed away, um, it just, it opened the door for us to move out here. So I never thought I'd live in Holland. It's just, there's nothing here. It's just a little farm town, but, um, you know, we're close to home and close to where we grew up so perfect yeah. you don't have to explain yourself whatsoever about farm towns <laughs> because yeah. we got nut we got like nine thousand miles of corn out here <laughs> and all the roads are straight so uh, we, we we get it <laughs> yeah we actually have um the only thing that happens in holland is the holland corn fest so if that tells you anything that's that happens in the summer and it's just a, a little street festival and cook out and there's live music that's about all that happens here and other than that it's it's a pretty quiet town so is there a lot of corn there yep oh there yeah. is okay i didn't expect that at all so yeah right right actually in my backyard which they all they cut it all but um on three sides of me is corn pretty much they've they've already they've already picked corn this year uh-huh wow really wow that's that's yep. it's still got what another two months uh, I'd say four to six weeks on us. It's just barely starting to turn at the bottom. Yeah, it's, it is so hot down here, though. I mean, it's just, I don't know anything about farming, so I'm not, I really, I'm just telling you what I see, but 
uh, yeah, they've already cut everything. I've, I'm by no means a farmer, but I'm, I'm in the middle of all of it. So, so I can tell you based off of what I see. Are you getting, going to get hit by Hurricane Harvey? I'm not. In fact, I, that's why I got home a little bit late tonight. I was supposed to be in my mom's house in Houston, which is not where you want to be right now. They're telling everybody to kind of get out of there. She actually lives in a suburb of Houston, Fort Bend County, which is considered a disaster county. And I was up there going to stay the night with her. And she pretty much pulled the mama card and said, no, you're going home. You're not going to stay. So I'm back in Holland now, um, which is that's like three hours away. There's no, I mean, we're, we're getting rain, but nothing to, to be worried about. Not the so 35 I'm inch like, rains. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. I, I can't even imagine what that'd be like. They, they've uh, come close to their house flooding once, but as far as I know, they've never had, it's never come in their door. So hopefully it's no different this time. I, I don't know. I yeah. never well, experienced anything like that. It's I hope terrible. their house sits at least 35 inches off the ground. I know. That's awful. That's a lot of rain. Man, I didn't know this that much. Yeah. That's a lot. The storm's supposed to stall out. They is what I was reading on the weather reports that the storm they think will stall out and just dump a massive amount of rain on the coast and Man. up into Texas. So I didn't know yeah. if you were in the path or not. It's good that you're not. Um, yeah, I'm more central, so I, I kind of, I'm clear for oh, now. Good. So um, I printed out kind of your bio sheet, Jessica. Do you want to tell us a little bit, how did you get started in this? I know your husband had a hand in, uh, Braxton had a hand in getting you started with a bow. Sure. Yeah. Um, I'll try to keep it short. So, you know, I, I, I grew up hunting um, with my dad. He kind of always had me by his side. Um I didn't start harvesting my own animals, so I got a little bit older, and then I met Braxton. Well, for, for one, I, I had an interest in archery. When you've gun hunted a ton, you, you kind of think, like, what else is, what's next? What's, what can you do next? And I was interested in archery, never felt like I could ever go into an archery shop with a bunch of men. Like, I don't know, it's just very, it's an intimidation factor for me. So I kind of actually laid low for about a year. I didn't hunt a whole lot for about about a year. So I wanted to learn archery so bad. I didn't have anybody to teach me. And I was kind of, I was kind of over gun hunting, nothing against it. I still do it. Like I still pig hunt with guns all the time, but I just kind of lost that. Like what's the next challenge for me. And then, so finally I, Braxton, I met randomly one summer and I mean, within two months he had me in a bow stand with him. And then four months later he had a bow in my hand and it's just kind of, like it literally like lit a fire in me everything that I had you know felt initially when I got into hunting came back and resurfaced and it's never stopped since and that was about five years ago and so he was truly my my mentor through the whole thing and that's really cool I I got to learn yeah I got to learn you know not just at the time was my boyfriend and you know we ended up getting married but also my best friend and, and someone that had been bow hunting since he was eight and I don't even know who taught him I think he had a couple of older guys, like older uh, men of his, of his dad's friends, maybe that, that taught him and kind of took his hand. But a lot of what he knows is just from, as y'all know, it's just experience stuff that you can't rush. It's just over time. So when you go eight years old, you know, bow hunting. And then by 12, he had his first, I think he got a buck. Maybe it was a doe. Anyway, first deer at 12. Um, and he's, he's kind of like me. He's just kind of exclusively bow hunting other than you know, nighttime pig hunting, you can't not do that in Texas. So we do that as much as we can, but, um, with guns, but, um, yeah, that's kind of my, my archery background. And as far as follow her arrow, I I took, I took that 
intimidation and, and the fear that I had and um, became inspired by the women around me that started noticing like that I was bow hunting and I was successful and whether they hunted or had never hunted, I kept hearing the same thing over and over again. Like I could never do that. I just don't know how you do that. I, I don't understand. And just, I could, I could see myself in them who I was at one time of like, man, I was in your position and you can do it. You just don't, you don't have anybody to teach you. And as a woman, it's so much easier to learn from another woman. Granted, Braxton's wonderful and he's very, very patient. He's great with first timers and kids and he's great. But women think differently. There's a reason we're different. And so I felt like, man, I would have tried it a long time ago if I had a woman to teach me. And so that's what inspired me to start writing. I started as a blog and then I just, I fully branded it. I went to school for design and a little bit of, I guess, a marketing niche. And so I, I decided I'm going to roll with it and see what happens. And here we are two, two years later and I, I pretty much do it full time. So. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, Good. that is awesome. <clears throat> Good. It's been a really cool, a cool journey. And, um, yeah, I well, mean, it never gets old. It's always fun. So. I'll tell you one of the things that, that I admire about you. Um, and if I had a daughter, I would hope that she would look to you as a role model is your, um, commitment to doing the right thing and not trying to show skin to gain followers. I appreciate that. Uh, that is always my goal. And, um, I'm open about, you know, natural sensations that we feel as humans, but especially as, as females, there's like, there is this pressure because of what you see, what's put out there. Everything is so open and, you know, social platforms are just all kids can get on there and see everything. And I just, I've, I wouldn't say I've ever really even come close to posting anything inappropriate ever, but in my mind, I think, is that what I have to do to be successful? And then I just have to humble myself. Remember, this is not what it's about. You know, this is not why we hunt. This is not why we love the outdoors. It's not what it takes to be an inspiration to anybody it's just not necessary and it was that fear of if I ever posted anything that was even questionable it would make people question am I successful because of this or that you know what I mean I never wanted that I wanted that it to be a very black or white thing and and that is really I mean it's just kept me on the right track and I I don't I don't I'll never change that I've always been modest but you can get tempted to do things that you normally wouldn't do. So I am open about that, but no, I, it just isn't going to happen. So I appreciate that. And I get messages like that. It reminds me why I do what I do and, um, that being who I am is enough. I don't need to mold into something different. And and yeah, I I think, I think it's helped me a lot, uh, in the ways, you know, in the more important relationships that I have, that's something they always point out. And I'm very, I'm very grateful for that. So I appreciate you pointing it out. You bet. Well, and, and to me, um, over the long haul, that adds a lot of value to your brand is that you're not out there showing skin or cleavage or something. Um, most of your big women hunters that have good brands, the Eva Shockey's, the Tiflikoski's, uh, the Vicky's. They don't do it. Saranso- yeah, they, they do not. And when I see these, I hate to say it like this, but I don't know how else to say it. These Instagram girls, and, and just, all, it's it's more it's it's more of a Playboy than it is a, a you know a hunting magazine. Just because you can put on a bikini and get behind a deer does not make you a hunter. And right. there's a lot of girls out there doing that, and it 
you know, it kind of sucks to see that. And, you know, they get followers, but 90% of them aren't even hunters. They're just. Well, and me as, <laughs> honestly, me as an archery coach, whenever I see that, I'm like, I don't think they've ever shot a bow before. <laughs> right. And right. It's just not, well, and, it's not the way you shouldn't do that. Yeah. And I've met a handful of them before and they're all sweet girls. And it's, it's, it's like, and they're not even getting paid to do it. I'm like, man, you're showing skin. You're not even getting paid for it. That's what's crazy to me. That's like, I just assumed that the, the ones that did were getting something for it. And all they're, all they're sacrificing is their time and, I don't know, a little bit of your dignity, I guess. I don't, I, I'm not talking bad about them. It's just, it's the way that I see it. Like, sure. Yep. Why, 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 why? In our culture, it's not a little bit of your dignity. It's not like you're, you know, I'm a, a bikini model or you're posting for some kind of, some magazine or something like that you're just kind of putting yourself out there for free to yeah and i'm from kentucky and if if you do that and put yourself behind a deer you you you're just you're it's not a little bit of your dignity it's most of it so it i don't i don't get it i i don't i mean i get it i get why they get followers i don't understand why somebody want to do that to themselves it's yeah well, so for me, like what's so, so I don't know, I don't know if y'all know this, Braxton has a, has a daughter, so she's nine, um, I, I, so I have a stepdaughter, I don't post about it a lot because of, well, I, I have, you know, personal reasons why I don't, but like tonight, we have her this weekend, and she came home, and she said, Jesse, guess what, I said, what, she said, um, my, my neighbor, the girl next door to me, she's following you on Instagram, <laughs> And my heart sunk a little bit. You know, the first thing I thought was, am I representing myself well? Is it something that a little girl would want to do? What, you know, you, you, it helps you check yourself. And I, I said, the first thing I said is, how old is she? <laughs> <laughs> nine and we, she doesn't have any social media. And she said, she's 12. I was like, oh, okay. What? I mean, I don't know what's appropriate in today's age. I don't have any kids of my own. Peyton's the only one, and she doesn't have social media yet, but. Um, you know, I have a 12 year old boy. He doesn't have Facebook or anything yet. So yeah. yeah. (laughs) And it's it's her neighbor friend. But then I think, wow, like that's, that is, that is starting to be my audience, which is great. That's what I want. That's, that's what I, one of my goals is it's actually, um, a huge, um, plan of mine, uh, and, and future goal of mine this season is to focus on going to local schools because I just got certified to be a NASP instructor and to kind of to show up and just, you know, I can't get into all the technical stuff. I'm not a technician as much as I want to know more about my setup. And I, I'm, it's a constant learning process. My goal is how, how can we get more people in the outdoor, how, in the outdoor and just outdoors period, but, and, and inspire those and be an example of what not to put on social media and start them young like that. If yep. just that whole realm, you cover all those subjects in one through a school um, setting so it's, it's positive, it's safe, and it's, you know, you impact them. And so the, the thing that, like, I've never even done an appearance yet. I have to set up a schedule for this fall. But um, when she said that to me, I thought, this is just the start. Like, that was so cool for me. Yeah, like, that is cool. That is really cool. I, I said, Peyton, how did you know, how did you even know my Instagram? She goes, Jesse, I'll never forget when you started two years ago and you called it follow her arrow and I've just never forgotten it. And I'm just like, Oh, my heart sunk. Like I didn't know just when you think kids aren't listening, they, they really are. They hear everything. And what, what I've done, I don't know what she knows. I share some, 
but I have, you know, I have some boundaries I have to respect and I just haven't shown her everything that I do, but she listens and, and she spreads it because she's inspired by it. And that's just so freaking cool to me. I'm, I'm like, this is, this is what it's about. So that's, uh, that is a great, yeah, great attitude. And I honestly, I think we need more people like you, um, out there promoting archery and especially in schools. I'm all, that's what I'm, my main passion in life is archery and helping people get better. And to hear you say that you want to get in the schools and, and show them archery and demonstrate it. I love it. Yeah. The NAF, the NAF program is so interesting. I didn't even know about it. So I did a, I was actually a guest at a women in the outdoors event earlier this summer. And they told, I was helping with the archery class, but it's just, how do you get an arrow from point A to point B? It's very, very informal, very basic, nothing crazy. And that's what I'm, I feel confident in. When you start getting into the specs and all that, I'm like, I, you know, I'll listen, but I can't carry on a conversation knowledgeably. So to me, my audience is more the the younger generation. And they mentioned it to me about this NASP program. And I think it's so cool because it gives any PE teacher an opportunity to just introduce kids to it. They don't have to be the they don't even have to hunt. They, they, a lot of those teachers, a lot of the ones that showed up, or they, they don't even have to be an archer, I should say, because you don't have to, you don't have to hunt to be an archer. But a lot of those teachers came up to that class and had never even shot a bow before. So not only were they learning something themselves and maybe finding a passion within them, but they're spreading it in their school as a class because that's, that's another course they want to offer in their PE class. So I just thought it was, it was really cool how they open up that um that training so freely to just just talk about archery just talk just let them pull a bow back and you don't have to be the best of the best to share that with someone and then you know kids will learn as they they get if they do get serious about it and they want to go and compete at a national level in the nasp archery tournaments and whatever then they'll be surrounded by more and more people who are who are more knowledgeable and who are you know um have been living it and breathing it and they can really work with them up the ladder of how do you get to a more professional level of it. And so, you know, I, I just, I think it's really cool. I'm glad I found the program. I'm excited to see where it goes, but that's really just an outlet for me to um, reach people other than social platforms. Cause I think that in person is really powerful. Um, That's why I attend as many conventions as I can and banquets and whatnot in person is, is just, it's just different. Sure. It has a different impact on people. So speaking that's of one reason. speaking of Go that, um, are you and Braxton going to the ATA show this January? Absolutely. Okay, Absolutely. good. I'll, yeah, we'll be there. I, I've been to shot the shot show last two years. So I'll probably end up going to that by myself again. He, he can't take that much time off. Well, at least I don't think so. Um, but he will take off to go to ATA no matter what we had it. We had so much fun. That is such an awesome show. It's my first year last year. And cool. I I told him, I said, man, be glad you didn't have to go to SHOT Show for your first convention ever. Because that's what I did. And I tell everybody, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> go, to, go to something, you know, a local thing, local convention or the ATA show where you can actually talk to people and you don't feel so flustered. It's just, it's like stimulant overload whenever you go to the, go to SHOT Show. But. Yep. Yeah, I'll be at ATA with him. and Good. Justin and I will both be there with our wives, so hopefully we'll be able to meet you in Braxton. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We'd love that. We can go out 
go grab lunch or dinner or something. Yeah, that would be, that'd a, be awesome. That'd be fun. Um, something I want to ask you about, I noticed you participated in this year, was the Total Archery Challenge. It was so awesome. Was it? Oh yes. Have you ever been? Um, no, I, I haven't. Um, I've, I've watched it online. I've watched different people who've attended it. Um, it's wonderful. Now, what state did you go to for that? I went to Utah. So Utah, I was, just, okay. I was at, uh, yeah, at Snowbird, at the Snowbird Resort. And they said that it was either that or the Montana one that was there to tied for top notch. I mean, they're just wonderful because the views themselves, but the courses were wonderful. And granted, I will say I, I don't have a lot of experience. Well, I don't have any experience on 3D shoots. I've never done a 3D shoot. I went there. Really? Yeah. That I was did. your first 3D shoot ever? <laughs> ever. Wow. That's like killing a booner your first time out. <laughs> I know. I know, right? And now I'm so hooked. I'm like, I got to come to this every year. It's phenomenal. Um, I've heard of local ones around here. I don't know why I've never done it. I guess, honestly, it's probably because I've always had so much. I've always been blessed with a lot of land, access to land. And I can just set up targets, you know, on my own and do my yep. own kind of practice session. But th it is different. It's a different kind of pressure and, and setting, and it switches things up um, whenever you go to something like that. And so I, I, I do want to get more involved in the 3D shoots, but I honestly went there. It was less for the 3D shoot and more for networking. I, as you can tell, I'm huge into marketing and networking, and, like, it's all who you know. Yep. It's, I want to meet people. That's how you grow. So any event I can afford to go to, I'm there. And I just happened to fall in love with 3D <clears throat> shooting at the same time. So it's a wonderful event um, to just kind of touch base with some really influential people in the industry. And I, I, I noticed that and I just said, I've got to go to that, but I will attend every year from now on as you know, assuming nothing comes up, but yep. it shouldn't, I want to go every single year because it's just absolutely beautiful. And the scenarios that you um, walk up to are very realistic very very realistic i was extremely impressed with the setup uh it's very challenging for someone i'm not a northwest hunter everything <clears throat> i shoot down here is like 30 and under your yards i don't i usually don't shoot anything past 30 yards i just don't have to that's really what it comes down to so except out in your yard i've been watching you practice at 60 you've been posting those videos for yeah well because i'm going to new mexico so like i do practice you know 60 70 75 for my elk hunt how good for just you. Just to make, just to make it feel like a breeze when, because I honestly don't want to take a shot at an elk past 50 yards. I don't, I, if I don't have to, I really don't want to, but I'm still practicing longer so that those shorter ranges just feel easy. Um, I haven't shot at 20, 30 or 40 yards in over a couple weeks. I just, I've really been sticking to 60 plus right now, but every other time, every other part of the year, I, I don't do that unless it's just for fun. Like, Hey, I want to see if I can stick it out there but that archery challenge total archery challenge i mean what was, what was the longest shot you took uh i believe which okay what's the longest shot i took or the longest shot i hit the long, <laughs> longest shot you attempted the longest shot i attempted i believe was a 108 Oof. i've heard they get pretty brutal <laughs> well. yeah the longest i hit i think was uh was a 102 i believe wow 
No, it's just I hit foam. I didn't hit anything impressive. I just hit. I, I might have hit him in the butt. Hey, at a, at 102, that's a win. That's a win. That's for sure. Yeah. When your pin's bigger talking- than the animal itself, and you hit it, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, and I had, you know, I had a one of the coolest parts is I, I went in there very intimidated, almost like when I first started archery. I'm like, these are double and triple what I usually shoot. This is not normal yardages for me, and I was very intimidated being around people who were like, oh, 80 yards just freaking right in the vitals and I got very I got intimidated I got kind of shaky the first few targets and then I just opened up I'm like guys I don't even have a pin past 60 can somebody help me I don't even know how to stack pins I don't know I just asked for help and everybody came with open arms like yeah do this try this and then you know we'd adjust if I happen to miss it I'd take another shot and really really taught me a lot about my own equipment and so that was really neat for me is just to be around people who are experienced and very confident in what they do and that's the only way you get better you don't get better being around people who are you know at your level or or just starting out yep. like you may make an impression on them and that's wonderful but as far as being better myself you have to you have to ask for help from people that are more experienced that's that's how the you know that's why the world goes round. So that's yep. very true. And, and the one thing about 3D archery is, uh, I, I think, is the hardest part about it is, is once you do get used to it, and and you know, you're let's say you get five or six of your good friends together, and you go out and you're shooting. Uh, instead of being a helpful hand, you don't have the pressure of a deer in front of you and the shakes and stuff like that. You got the pressure of everybody behind you wanting you to watching miss. you. And wanting yes. you to miss, and your buddy's ragging in your ear, and yes. uh, and that and that it's a totally different kind of pressure. Just people watching, it, it really is. We love it. it what well, Jimmy owns a uh, a three D uh, course also, and uh, he runs it out here. Uh, and it's it's pretty fun. Yeah, I I I would love to start making it to more, but that's one that y'all definitely need to go and make it a bucket list item because. It was wonderful. They had they had three or four courses. I only did two of them, but I did I did them each a couple times, and they're just wow. they're just wonderful. And that's like you were up in the mountains, like traversing oh, yeah. some serious stuff. Yeah, you want to talk about a Texas girl going up to eleven thousand elevation? <laughs> I was dying. My lungs. I seriously, I t- the people around me in my group, I'm like, my body's great. I work out dang near every day i do boot camp and kickboxing and run i mean i I do very high intensity stuff but my lungs like i had to sit down on the mountain a couple times like i just i'm just trying to get a breath right now guys (laughs) so they were they were great i mean it's it's tough for people to even live up there because it's not like they go and hike up to eleven thousand either but we're at a ski resort so you ride the lift all the way up yep okay and there's just no way to adjust to that from where i am and and it, it was, yeah, and I don't have mountains in my backyard, so that was a, a challenge, too. I was very, very sore after that weekend, let I'll me be, tell you. I bet you were. 10, 10, 12, 13, 12, maybe 14 miles in a day. I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot. That but, is a lot, yeah. <clears throat> they were... Um, Jimmy, we'll have to get in better shape if we decide to go do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's do back-to-back courses and a lot of people don't do that but i mean one of the people in my group had their phone tracking and that's i think they said it was 12 miles one day 10 another and then another guy later on said he he tracked 14 so who knows i mean it's somewhere around there you're 
you're definitely covering some some ground. That would be it's wonderful. It would, you don't think about it. You don't think about it because it's just incredible. The views are just incredible. It's it's unlike anything I've ever seen before. Yep. One of these years, Justin, I think they have one up in Michigan, a total archery oh, challenge in really? Michigan. Yeah. Oh, okay. Mark, yeah, I think so. <clears throat> That's cheating. Yeah. Mark Kessler <laughs> from up around Chicago, he comes down here and hunts and, and shoots a 3D course in the fall. He go, he went to it and he called me. He's like, oh my gosh, you got to do this. We got to make a drive. Yeah, we need we to. make a drive. We need to. We should. So we Jessica, should. one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, and um, you let me know if you need to go, okay? If something comes oh, up. Oh, I'm good. Need. Okay. I'm good. Um, on the 2016 all girls hunt that you got, that you filmed, um, you had quite a bit of adversity. You, you had shot at a couple deer, your bow hit the blind that one time. And, um, you seemed like you oh, were, my, uh, yeah, okay. you, you seemed like you were, were really, really down. And then when you were able to, to, to finish it and, and connect with a, with a buck, um, it seemed like you you had the redemption of it. You went from look like you were getting frustrated and kind of some serious lows, and and you fought oh, through yeah. it. Can you can you talk a little bit, and maybe share for some of the listeners some yeah, of the adversity? Yeah. So, so that first night, um, well, a little just background is I've never hunted a buck by myself. So I've hunted does, I've shot does by myself, hogs, you know, other stuff. Shot my elk by myself. I've never shot a buck by myself in, in management is so heavy. I was raised with a very management mindset and you just only take mature bucks. I certainly don't judge anybody for doing otherwise, but that's, that's what's been ingrained in my head. And so, and I've never self filmed before and this is not me making up excuses. It's just kind of telling you all the situation. Nope, so nope, Thursday that's night good. Go that's out. what we want. <clears throat> Thursday night I go out. I'm having to self film because all the other girls I invited on this hunt are tied up with, you know, my dad, my friend, my husband, everybody's taken. They have guides because they don't know Texas hunting at all. And um, anyway, I I had this buck come in, and I knew, I knew that a nine-point was showing up there. Um, and that that particular ranch, eight and nine points, he, he was actually a – he could have stayed. It was good genetics. It's just eight and nine points that pretty much they want him gone. They want to start with ten points. He walked in. Of course, my heart is racing. I've never seen a, I've never even had an opportunity at a buck that big. And then you throw in self-filming for the first time ever. And then I start second-guessing everything. Is this buck old enough? Like, aside from his horns, is he immature? I just started doubting everything because I'm by myself. And anyway, yeah, hit him low. Uh, it was awful. It was the worst feeling. Then I hit a hog high. Um, he was fine. He was fine. I hit him. I hit him. I hit him high enough. He's, he probably just was sore. He's good to go. But I, it still doesn't feel good. You never want to, you never want to shoot anything and not recover it. Right. And, and so after that, uh, then I was hunting with Jeremiah. Then I, I had a film guy the next, I had a, I had a guy filming me the next, the next day. And I pulled back to shoot at this hog and hit the blind and I just thought I was going to throw up. I told Jeremiah, I said, I just need to put my bow down. You know, that's three, three arrows and nothing recovered. This is just an off weekend for me. And it was bad. I'm not going to lie. I was really upset. And the girls were, you know, great. So supportive, but the guys that were there, they're all just, we're all close. 
you know, it's like family. Some of them are family, some of them aren't. But, you know, they teased me a little bit, gave me a hard time. And I can usually take that, but after you miss three times, it's like, it's like, you just have. Shut up. Shut up and stop making fun of me. (laughs) Yeah. It, I mean, really, it hit, it hit hard. And I was already beating myself up. I'm really hard on myself in general. And so, anyway, um, I almost put my bow down. I just thought, well, maybe I should just go hunt with one of the other girls and film them and take it, you know, take a rest, just step back, take a break, maybe come back the, the last day or something. And then I was like, you know what? That's not me, though. I don't ever, I'm not, I don't have any quit in me. So I went out again and never thought that buck would come back, especially not the day after. I mean, I just didn't think it would happen. So. I got really emotional and, and the, the video didn't actually capture my emotions of, uh, to the extent. I think after we cut off the camera, Jeremiah actually, we said a prayer up in the stand and I was pretty, he, he teared up. I was tearing up because I was just, it's such a drastic change from bottom of, you know, just terrible feelings to that is the most epic shot I've ever made on an animal that was freaking smoke city I know that buck's laying over there and then in the middle of my interview I, I heard him pile up so he's just I mean y'all know you're hunters it's hard to it's hard to even put it into words when it finally comes together especially on an animal that you missed before and I thought I really just got a couple hairs but no I I actually cut him and so when I rolled him over I said when I as soon as I, I told Jeremiah as soon as I see this buck I want to roll him over and see if I cut him. And sure enough, my broadhead, my broadhead skinned him. It wouldn't have gotten infected or anything, but it's just not a good feeling. You know, it just, so when I saw that, it just made it so much better. I thought I just got redemption at a buck of a lifetime. And Oh yeah, um, that was. How do you explain, how do you explain those feelings really? You know, like I, it was, it was just, it was really cool. Um, I still, in a way, wish I could have got it when I was sitting by myself. Because you learn so much more as a hunter when you're by yourself. And that's that's why I tend to go out as much as I can alone. Yep. As much as we film, though, it's tough. Because I do need to get footage a lot of times. And, and Braxton is <clears throat> great to hunt with. But there's something about being alone. And you really have to test yourself like uh, in every aspect. Oh, yeah. The difficulty level goes way up when you're trying to film. When you're trying oh, to self-film. Yeah, but even taking away the the film, I mean, I just, uh, hunting in Texas is different because all over the state, you have, you've got East Texas deer that are little bitty, they don't, they don't grow too terribly, you know, huge, then you've got hill country deer, they're pretty, pretty little too, and they can drop six inches at 20 yards like it's nothing, I mean, and then you've got South Texas fat necks, big bodies, Central Texas deer just kind of in the middle, so I have it's not like I grew up in one area and I've only hunted that area and I know how to age a buck on the hoof. I don't, I don't know how to do it confidently because I hunt a little bit of everywhere and they're all so different. So it's a constant challenge for me. And I just feel better when I'm hunting a buck to be with someone knowledgeable. Um, Because at the end of the day, the older the buck, the happier I am. Regardless of what's on his his head. Mm. So, and in fact, I'm more amped up to hunt at my dad's property this year, and he doesn't have anything for genetics, but there's some old, old deer there. And that a lot of them don't come, they don't even come out till late season. Like they won't show up on any cameras till late season, and then there they are. So it's, it really truly isn't about the rack. And, and I can say this 
from the bottom of my heart, I have actually enjoy hunting does more than books because does are the ones that always blow my hunt. Oh Every yeah. Time. Yeah. So, <laughs> me, that's like, that's redemption. You know, like I'm grateful for books. I, a lot of times I have access to a lot of books because when I go hunt with outfitters, that's what they want me to shoot for footage or whatnot. But if I could pick any hunt, an old, big, fat doe that has busted me, I mean, on however many occasions, that's, I'm like, that's, that's money for me. That's my favorite thing to do. So yep. I'm going to drop a few at my dad's house this year because the deer population, we just have a, we have a, we had a wonderful year and we need to drop some. And I'm like, I'm so excited to, to hunt those because I get blown every hunt by myself. It's, it's a real struggle. Yep. Yep. We've got a old doe out here where, where we hunt. I don't know how she knows, but she will blow every time I'm in the tree stand back there, whether she can't yep. see me yet, the wind's in my favor, and somehow she knows I'm there. I don't know how. See, turn yeah. the front porch light on. <laughs> That's what she sees. <laughs> Standing outside the window. Yeah. And so, do you guys have a problem with uh, coyotes down there? You know, I mean, people people say we do, but we don't have them near, like, where y'all are. Where I mean... I've only, honestly, I've only seen a few coyotes ever. I don't, maybe because I'm not a predator hunter, hunter, but I don't see them very much. But there's contests all over this area. They do like a lot of predator hunting contests and yeah, but they're obviously out here, but. Yeah, you don't have, I up don't, here, you don't have to be a predator hunter to see coyotes. You just got to look out your spend window. Spend some time in the woods and you'll yeah, see them. You don't even have to do that. Yeah. We, we, we actually had one howling on our front doorstep uh last year <laughs> i'm that's, yeah, so not, that's, that's not a joke that's like completely bizarre to me I, I i truly i mean i've hunted a lot of hours and i've only seen a few and but you know braxton has told me in comparison to like he he's hunted kansas for i think he hunted kansas like seven years in a row and he said he used to call him in with his mouth every single hunt I and mean, it was nothing but just kiss at him and have him you know coming in quick so yep. Uh, I don't know what that's like. I, I can't even imagine calling in a coyote and having an, an opportunity at one. I came close to one last year when I was turkey hunting. He came in about 80 yards and then held up and tried to circle us, and I never saw him again. But they're just very smart, and I don't I don't see them a whole lot. I think, you know, obviously the cattle ranchers around here, they have to be more careful about it. But right. overall, no, I mean, it's nothing like what what y'all experience absolutely yeah it wasn't just like a random question you said you had a really good year and i'm guessing that's you know of your you know the does that have been born and getting older and you don't have a whole lot of deer dying off i I didn't know if that was correlated with you know uh dimming down the coyote coyote uh (laughs) (laughs) the uh coyote population if if you were hunting a lot of them or something like that because oh uh, absolutely correlated um my dad has shot one on this property Maybe, maybe two actually. Um, but it's definitely correlated because the people around, they definitely hunt. I mean, I've had several friends ask me to come hunt my dad's property for coyotes and they tried calling and nothing would come in. So I just don't think that we have a ton in where I am right now, but surrounding. Yeah. I mean, I've heard, I've heard we have cause they're, they're constantly doing contests and I imagine they're probably keeping up with the population pretty good because of how well our, you know, how 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 good of a year we've had so that's good yeah around uh, here it's uh, the average is about three hours of a fawn 
Uh, I actually learned this at a, on a documentary not long ago. I was going to talk to you about it, Jimmy. But uh, the average fawn after it comes out of uh, the doe, it's usually about three hours before it gets eaten by a coyote, if that. That breaks my heart. Yeah, yeah. That's and it's seventy-five percent. Also, seventy-five percent of the. Wow. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. <clears throat> they did a. So, I I had somebody. What was it? I think it was when I was shooting at that coyote target. Um, you know, I've been practicing on one a lot just because it's different. It's a smaller target, but somebody commented on my, one of my platforms that it actually, it actually works against us when we shoot them because in the pack, if they don't howl, it automatically puts them into heat and how, and they start reproducing more. Is that true? Do y'all know anything about coyotes? Cause I really don't. We didn't want to get into uh, like that. Cause you can talk about this for a long time. We listened to a okay. really long podcast uh on the joe rogan experience and it was about it was a guy who actually studied uh coyotes yeah and uh he 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 seems to think and i guess this could vary between places like if you're in texas where you're talking about where there's not a very big coyote population then you know you might not have to worry about it but like here uh apparently if you kill one they make a roll call and then the next litter will have an extra pup in it and yeah, so this guy was referencing Joe Rogan's podcast. Okay, so. yeah, so yeah. it's it, I don't nobody really knows, but it, he had a really good argument on why you should let nature take its course on coyotes, and well, rather not- than just slaughter them. <laughs> that's never gonna happen. Because no, we like to eat. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me, I want deer for right, dinner. Exactly. Yeah. Good yep. night. <clears throat> Yeah, Dan, well, Dan Flores was the guy's name. That's right. Yeah. He was a Cody I mean, expert. I, I, I don't mean to, I'm not trying to disrespect him. I'm sure he's probably knowledgeable about it. I'm obviously not. I'm asking questions. I have no idea. I've I've only gone out a couple times for predator hunting. It's just something. Like, we hog hunt. Like, when I go out at night, I'm hog hunting. Although, y'all, I missed a bobcat. I'm, I'm, kid, I'm not kidding when I say it's probably, <laughs> probably... A 50-yard shot with my gun. I got so amped up. And because I've only seen a couple bobcats in my life, too. I, it's just it's just not something we see a lot of. Yeah. And, um, man, I missed it. And it was a big old Tom. My dad was like, are you kidding me right now? Like, <laughs> he was looking at me like, you just, you just, like, really got straight. Like, you just rushed that bad. And I said, I know. I was just. I was feeling a little bit overconfident too because the night before I smoked a coon on the run into the brush because we have a bad coon problem right now eating all the corn. And so I was thinking, oh, I'll get this cat while he's walking. And he wasn't even running. And anyway, it's not one of my better moments, but I was <laughs> kicking myself for that because I've, I've only shot one coyote in my whole career and one, or one bobcat and one coyote ever yep. in all of my hunting career. If, so. if we get lucky, uh, as what was it three years ago, uh, bobcat was an endangered species in this area. Three yeah, or four. Last three or four year, years ago. last year was the first year in Illinois you could hunt and trap, and there was five hundred tags. It was did, a did lottery. They tags in, in Indiana. It's just trap. There's no. Yeah, you can hunt. If Carter, my son Carter, had a bobcat under a stand twice last year. Really, but no tag. Right. So. He but, just had to watch him. But up to three or four years ago, we had none. I mean, there was, I mean, every now and then somebody get one on a camera and that's how quick the population went up and just the past, I, I guess it could be five years, but I yeah. mean, I remember, I mean, trail cam pictures says it all. You get them all the time now, which versus used to never see them at all. Yeah. 
So you can, okay, so you can say that again. You, you can only trap, but you have to have a license for that? Yes, you can only trap bobcats in, in Indiana. Indiana. Uh, I, I'm from Indiana. He's He lives in Illinois. We're right on the border. Don't, okay. a, don't ask us how we met. It's a really weird story. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. Another time. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> but, but no, uh, so, and, and it's really, really recent that we can actually harvest a bobcat one way or the other and uh it's i'm i'm excited i hope they start opening up something in indiana soon yeah I, w- I, I i would love to harvest one i would love to have a mount yes yeah i see i've only i got one with my gun um gosh it's been i couldn't even say it's been a long time look my first thing i my, a coyote was the first thing i ever shot ever as a hunter ever R- with a gun um and i've never had another shot at one then i shot a bobcat with my gun and then i had an opportunity with my bow i guess it was like two or three years ago i had a bobcat literally come into the small window with when i was bow hunting and start cleaning itself and just like all day could have taken a shot y'all the adrenaline worked against me i couldn't pull my bow back yeah really like, yeah that's never happened to me i'm like what is what's going on because usually when i when the adrenaline starts pumping I'm like the Hulk, like, oh, I could pull 10 pounds more right now. Like, I feel like I'm amped up and I can I draw my bow with ease, but I couldn't even get my bow drawn back. I was, I was just too amped up. So I missed a very easy opportunity at a Bobcat with my bow, which is a bucket list item for me. So, And I'm not trying to put you down whatsoever, but I, I actually noticed that. I was watching some of your videos and I noticed when, when you're really starting to get ready especially on your bear uh, i watched your bear hunting when you drew your bow back it was like i was like man is she shooting like way like it should be she should be shooting more pounders than what she's shooting because it looked like you s- just snapped that bow oh, straight back no, no. that's my editing oh my gosh how funny i didn't i thought that people would know that that's my editing that's oh. just me speeding up the the draw cycle so that it's not a long drawn out oh you know, okay i got you i guess oh, I, I didn't no. pick up on that at all so yeah, now I feel like I a dummy. Yeah, I fast draw cycle because, I don't know, because it's like, I like to keep, for like an editing tip of mine is just always keep the scenes changing just so it's entertaining. And so the draw cycle just takes too long if I let it play out. So it's a, it's a, I always speed it, almost always speed up my draw cycle. Just know that for future videos. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. I got that. Cool. Yeah. But I, that's I, cool that you thought that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I noticed it. Yeah, I definitely did notice it. I was like, she's either pumped up or she needs to put on some more weight on that bow or something. And I was like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> that's fun. No, that's just, um, that's just an editing thing for me because it's kind of boring to sit there and watch me draw back at half or a third of the speed. I agree. So. I agree. It's just, it's just, I'm not saying that it's bad. It's just, it's different. It is really different. Your videos are awesome as far as like, I mean, you get to the point. I mean, you draw back and your adrenaline's going, you, there's, you know, and it switches from frame to frame to frame to frame. And then there's a shot. It's really cool. I really do. Li- I do like it. It was just different. It was just to, yeah. to see it. And you're so used to one thing and you see another. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> well, thank you. That's cool that you noticed. Um, I was just doing that to keep it more entertaining because I never want people to get bored and stop the video. 
that. Yeah. No, that you, your videos are really good. No, they're really quality. good. I wasn't trying to put you down. I, that, that that was there was no negativity to that whatsoever. Oh, I okay. I didn't take it that way at all. Okay. Absolutely. So, um, one other thing I wanted to get to, um, Jess, is the um, spring turkey hunt. I think it. I don't know if it was this year, or the year before. I believe you'd shot at five turkeys. I don't want to talk about turkeys. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's between. So I've shot at five turkeys between two seasons so my first season which is so, so not this year but the year before I shot at one and missed and I was devastated y'all I mean I I, re- I really cried like I was really upset and then this year I shot four times and missed and I I didn't just like kind of miss like I didn't even I only got feathers one time out of all those like it was just awful i i get i guess it just gets so amped up that i don't know i don't really i don't really know i hate to make excuses because a miss is a miss but it's unreal to me that i couldn't have not been able to connect on a bird that many times because i can smoke tons of other animals like it's nothing and like with confidence with ease and turkeys are like it's like my nemesis i don't know what my problem is but um yeah, it took five arrows to finally get one in. But when you did. About, oh, I cried. Yes, you did. That was great, though, on the video. I cried. I was like, is this real life? I, you know, I'm, I, that's just, I guess, how I express emotion, whether I'm overly happy or I'm laughing or I'm mad. I mean, I'm mad, I cry. When I'm disappointed, I cry. It's just a, a form of emotion. But, yeah, I got pretty pretty pumped up and you couldn't wipe a smile off my face and then the whole way home like walking back to the lodge i would just randomly start crying again brax is like what is wrong with you I'm like, <laughs> I, just, I just did it like i freaking did it yeah <laughs> he would start giggling and it was a really cool moment because a lot of hunts he misses out on with me i get to travel a lot more than him and um i'm just so thankful he was there because he he was there for all my misses so by God, he deserves to be there when I connect. Yeah, he was, and it was just—it was special in so many ways. And we were hunting on a friend's property that um, we're, we're pretty close to. He's a really great guy, so it was cool to experience that with someone else. Go back to camp and be with. But there was a bunch of guys from Louisiana, and they were all—they were so pumped up and just having being surrounded by people that can be happy for you. You know, I've never been in a type of setting where people say they go back to camp and it's like. Well, like, you know, 21 questions. Well, how, did you do this or this? And why didn't you shoot that? Like, I've never experienced anything but just overwhelming support. And that turkey hunt was right next to my bull elk that I got. It's probably, like, one of the top overwhelming, encouraging moments as a hunter when I got, you know, my, that immediate feedback that I got from people I was hunting around. So it's just a very special moment for me. And it was it was cool. It was cool. I don't know any other way to explain it. Lots of emotions. Yep. Well, I I enjoyed getting to see that. I'm glad you guys shared your how much emotion you had. Um, I don't know how you do it, but you you um, you appear vulnerable to the camera. Like you let the camera see inside of how you're feeling and what you're thinking. I mean, you can just I don't know if if reading it it's is tough. the correct word, but you're emoting, and and pe- I think people can pick up on it. Well, I, I appreciate that. I hope so. I mean, 
it is tough to be, it's tough to be vulnerable. Um, I mean, you're just showing everything. You're exposing everything. And I've got, you know, I've had some negative feedback. Most of the time it's positive, but yeah, I, I'm thankful that I do because it's a lot of what everybody else relates to, but they don't know how to, how to do that with a camera in their face. And even, uh, this past weekend, I was, a, I was actually in Florida bow fishing with uh, a bunch of friends and I had to do an interview on the boat, like in the middle of the bay at night. And they had all, it's like six grown men staring at me. Lights are all on me. I've never been <laughs> like that. I mean, I, most of my interviews I do, I'm sitting by myself. I told Braxton, go outside. Let me do my, my hunt videos because I just do better by myself. So I'm on this boat, lights in my face. Everybody's staring at me. They've got even their cell phones doing like behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. Because it's for, for the production company. And I thought I was going to freeze up. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I, I, I even drank like half a beer before I went on the interview because I was like, I need to calm down. I was so <laughs> nervous. I just needed to just like, whew, just chill. Yeah. And. They started asking me, the topic was how anti-hunters have affected me and, you know, and, and I had to be very vulnerable because I haven't always had thick skin. But the truth is, some days I, I it is a, so much of a, a flood of negativity that it overwhelms me. And talking about it on film, I started crying again. I'm like, what is wrong with me? <laughs> like, you know, I, I don't know how you get to a point where you just don't care about showing that type of emotion because I haven't always been that way. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how that, how I'm able to bring that out. I've had a couple hunts where I froze up where I didn't want the camera to capture everything in that moment. Cause whether, you know, disappointment or whatever it was I was feeling, but mm-hmm. for the most part, it's, it's just a process. You just get used to having a camera in your face, I guess. And it's so much easier to be who you are than to act like something different. So I have to remind myself of that too. Like, okay, I'm a, I'm a dramatic, emotional hunter, whether I miss or I hit, <laughs> that's who I am. So, right. And so. it's really weird with, with, uh, you were talking about anti hunters, those, man, those, those idiots really make me mad sometimes. We're not going to get that deep into it, but it is a kind of a double standard. Cause you know, if like I was to kill a buck and post it on Facebook, uh, not, I mean, nothing's going to be said, or if any guy, it doesn't matter if he's, you know, extremely famous or any, most guys, if they post a picture with a dead animal, you know, people just kind of overlook it. But as soon as a female, specifically oh, yeah. a young, pretty female posts a picture of them with some kind of dead anything, oh, they get destroyed on social yeah. media. And that's yeah. stupid. Yeah. I mean, men get, men get it to an extent, but it, yeah, it's, you know, we're just an easy target is what it is. We're just, we're just an easy target because especially if an anti-hunter, it's a woman. Women know how women think and feel and react to an extent. I'm not speaking for all women, but uh, we're just a little bit more vulnerable in inside. And so I think that that's what triggers them. Like, how can I tear this this one apart? How can I get inside and do some damage? Yeah. Yeah. And, well, and it doesn't work very much anymore. I mean, I usually laugh at everything, but um, in the beginning, it was very tough to the point where I was like, you know, maybe I just want to go back to hunting and not filming everything and putting myself out there. And uh, it, was a, it was just an obstacle. Got over it. Here I am. Good to go now. But 
certainly wasn't always as easy. You have to thick your skin thickens over time. Yep. And just your love for hunting, it doesn't even you don't even have to be attacked. Just your love for hunting and and if you just learn a little bit, you learn that most anti-hunters have a not all of them, but a lot of them are it's just a lack of information for the most right. part and and it, it becomes super easy to you can actually have a discussion with them if you if, if instead of just getting mad uh you can you can talk about it but it don't always work some of them get too mad I've, you know i've actually gotten i've actually gotten through to two or three out of the hundreds of attacks <laughs> others, if there are a few and you know what that's a win i i don't care like i hold those conversations close to my heart because you know braxton told told me you know why do you why do you even put time into them why do you why do you put energy into them i said because i think you know and i i get i get a little overconfident sometimes but i have these moments where i'm like no i I really think i can help i really think i can change this person's opinion i really think i can open up their mind and a few times i have i can say i have a few times and it's been and i thank them for approaching it with respect that's really what it is approach me with you know genuine genuine curiosity about why i do what i do you don't have to agree with me but we'll get much further and it's been it's been awesome uh for those few uh, granted it's a very low percentage <laughs> but but there's more people who didn't know otherwise you know what i mean right they're ignorant, so you teach them so I'm, i just have to I don't put a whole lot of energy into my, my goodness, I would spend way too many days, but I can kind of pinpoint, all right, this person is, I can carry on a conversation with them and I try to roll with those and ignore the rest. Yeah. If they're not threatening your life, then usually they're, they're, uh, they might have a little bit of sense to them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's actually where I started. That's when I actually started crying in the interview and I say cry, I've just shed a couple of tears in the interview on the boat because I was like. You know, most people walk around, ne- don't, they would go their whole life and never know what it feels like th- to have someone wish they were dead. Yep. And I never thought I would be at that, at a time in my life where that's the norm. I mean, truly the norm. And it's just sad. Like people are just horrible, but, um, I don't want to talk too much about them. I just, you're, yeah, you're fine. You, we can, we can end this right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no tears on the wobbly arrow. Yeah, <laughs> except tears of laughter. <laughs> right, tears of laughter will make you laugh. Right. So, I like that. one last thing, um, Jessica, that I wanted to wanted to have you talk about, if you feel like talking about it. Okay. And and um, I'm I'm thinking back earlier when you said that you were intimidated when you wanted to get into it, but you didn't really have a way in. I'm sitting here; the gears are grinding in my head as she's talking. I'm thinking, how can I make my shop more female friendly? You know what I mean? Yeah. How many women? How many women are in the area that feel like she did, where they're interested, the interest is there, they want to maybe dip their toe in the water, but they're intimidated. How can I lower that intimidation? Put a big "just for does" sign out there, bro. And it's your <laughs> well, sign. I've got the "just for does" in here, yeah, but, but it's got to be out there. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. Hey, uh, do you have any women working in your shop? No, I have kind of. Uh, well, I have a staff shooter, Drew, that shoots for me. And but you know what? Then I have to think. Then I have to think. I don't know if that would intimidate me more going in and seeing a girl that already knows how to do it all. Like, I oh man, that's that's a really that's a really good question. And 
Yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? He's got, well, we got pink stuff, and you do have quite a few. I do have quite a few women that come to me. I've got some that come for archery lessons, and um, yeah. Do you have a women's night that y'all shoot? No, I don't have an indoor range. I've just got the outdoor 3D range that we put up once a month. Um, He has a building big enough for it. It's full of crap. (laughs) Yeah. So that's what we started doing. And and honestly, here at the shop I go to, and honestly, it's been a slow process because even still, it's like you. we had to welcome, okay, whether you've touched a bow ever to – you're very experienced and a successful hunter or archer or whatever. We open it to everybody because the numbers just aren't there otherwise. Um, and building, building a women's group once a week, well, right now we're doing it biweekly, but building a women's group, it's been slow, but, um, if you could just get a handful of girls in there and then maybe having an, an, an incentive to get, to, for them to bring a friend, a girlfriend or a sister or a mom, whatever, and kind of grow it that way and sure. help them see that it's a safe environment and have a woman kind of host it. I host I host every other one that we do. Mm. And um, so they are kind of learning from a woman. But, of course, you all would have to be there for, you know, just legal reasons. And, and we have a guy that's there, Sam. He's, he's my bow tech technician and um, – helps coach and whatnot because again when it comes down to all the specifics i don't know it all but have a woman that that can make it inviting for that you know one night a week and i think nationwide i think women's night is usually on wednesdays maybe y'all could do like a wednesday shoot oh, night really yeah i wasn't aware of that's, that that's what they told me is usually women's night on wednesdays i was like well that makes sense because several of my friends that are out of state they have women's archery night on wednesdays so I don't know. It is That's maybe a good it is, idea. but um, I would probably start with something like that, where they don't feel like they're walking into a, a group of a bunch of men. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. That's where I came from when I went into. I was like, I don't, I don't want to go shoot around a bunch of guys. Yep. <laughs> but I still don't really like what y'all were talking about earlier with three D shooting. I still don't love shooting with a bunch of people, guys staring at what you know my shot but it's great practice so suck it up and you do it but oh yeah uh, absolutely it's great for uh building that that pressure like when you're deer hunting if if it makes you nervous shoot around people yeah and my big thing i teach my students is it's all about the process let's stay in our own head let's not get external and worry about other people you know so yeah it's good practice yeah for sure because it's just that fear and well in anything you do in your life it's just the fear that holds you back from from anything so if you can eliminate that it's it's a lot more powerful but i think you'll have a, a lot more success if you can build some type of um yeah like women's only like women's only night where they feel like they don't have to be intimidated by men it's just it was a men factor for me i don't and i don't know why because my whole life i've usually mostly been the only girl in camp yeah like when i was a gun hunter i was always out there with the guys helping like with everything with get you know getting ready for season and cleaning animals and everything like I've always been a part of it but for whatever reason archery I don't it's just like this connection of taking it to the next level you better know what you're doing <laughs> that's how I felt in my head is like sure yeah don't go in there and I don't know 
Yep. It's probably really silly. It's all on your head, but I would say that's probably how you can invite more. Have something with for where it's women focused, and yeah, obviously having product in the store that kind of is geared towards them is great. But I also know as a business owner, it's hard if you don't have that type of customer base. It's it's not helping you to have that in in stock. So right. Yep. That's a there's a healthy balance there. That's the double edged sword of it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Well, Jessica, I, I thank you very much for being on the show. I really appreciate you taking the time to visit with us and, and share some stories. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I appreciate it, and I'd uh, be happy to jump on in the future if you ever want get, to get on again. Definitely. Oh, yeah. Justin and I were talking earlier. Would Braxton ever want to join in on a call with you? Yeah, absolutely. He's And he's great. He's hilarious. He's he's a people person, and Good. he just never gets asked to come on. So well, <laughs> I go out my little one-on-one and he would love it he'd be flattered and be absolutely for it good good well i'll be i'll be in touch then and we'll set up a time sometime in the future when uh, you and braxton can both uh, join us okay that sounds great all right thank you very much thank you i appreciate it yep thank you have a good evening you too bye-bye bye-bye And we're back. And we're here. The retards. <laughs> <laughs> so, Justin, this is our outro. Outro, yeah. So this is like the Audi of the belly buttons, not the Andy. <laughs> right. I mean, pretty much all we did is we forgot to say, stay wobbly. And at the <laughs> when we told her bye, and now we're coming back to do that. We're coming back to... Tie up all the loose ends. Tying up loose ends. So um, thank you to Jessica for being on the show. We will have her on again in the future. I want to get her husband Braxton on the show. I'll bet those two would be a hoot. Oh, yeah, we need to. Yeah. And we'll catch them at the ADA show, too, and try to do We I, I really think we need to take all this stuff with us. Put Set it up in the hotel room. Set it up somewhere, yeah. If we can get if somebody wants if to. We can get some of them people back to our hotel room. Oh, <laughs> let's see you run your game, <laughs> J-Ho. Hey, my room number is, uh, mm-hmm. uh, if you want to get wobbly. Yeah. Breaker, breaker, <laughs> one nine. But no, uh, yeah, we're, uh, we need to. Yeah, we can. It, we can take the equipment, set it up in the hotel room, and. We could probably do it in we the hotel probably, lobby. Yeah, that'd be really to. cool. We could yeah. take our other microphones that aren't so sensitive. Uh, and, and, and most of those hotels, I, I stay in a lot of hotels. A lot of times you'd be like, hey, can we borrow a room for you know, an hour that's not going to get used? Just We just need a plug-in and some quietness. And we'll a lot just of set up by the ice machine. That way when right up next to it. Right, like right next to the door, the rotating door. Yeah. People looking at us as we go by. Oh, that'd be funny because we could call out the famous people that walk by. Oh yeah, we sure could. What we need, we just need to set up. We just need to figure out what <laughs> hotel they're staying in. That's what we need to do. Oh, I love it. Because you know they're staying in a hotel somewhere. They're staying in the one I got a room in. It's Are the they? one that's connected to it with the tunnel. Right here, baby. Yeah. <laughs> so we could, we could make fun of everybody. Oh yeah, well, just as they're walking by, just just make fun of them. Hopefully, they sit down. Yeah. They probably wouldn't. We'll probably get shitty stares. <laughs> <laughs> Who the hell are those idiots? All right. well, we made one friend, Jessica. She's definitely the, <laughs> she's down for it. We're we're all all the all of us are going out to lunch. We're 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 gonna do it. We're gonna party. No. But uh she she really was uh thank you very much, Jessica, for, for coming on and uh spreading your word, so to speak. 
Yep. And uh, it was really awesome having you on here. Yep. She's the, uh, honestly, if, if I had a daughter, I would hope that my daughter would look up to someone like Jessica. Morals, values, uh, she's not going to get half naked to, to gain followers. She's the real deal. Right. In my, in my opinion. Yeah, that's, you, you, you can't call yourself a hunter. Uh, I, I, well, I talked about that already. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, it's that it doesn't get any better. I mean, that's just... Good as it gets. So, do you want to talk about Mayweather again before we sign off? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Sorry. I couldn't resist. Oh, you want to cut out the first part? We <laughs> no. need to. No, but we need to. But that's a really long intro. Yeah, it was. Let, we, let, we talked for 10 minutes about Doug and Jesus in the uh, tournament. I know. So, we'll cut out the Mayweather part. I ain't cutting out nothing. And then I can. I'm not doing it. You're not going to do it. He ain't going to do it. I ain't doing it. I ain't doing it. I ain't doing it. Some people call it a Kaiser blade. I calls it a sling blade. Some of them French fried gators. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the mustard. No, I don't want to talk about the fight again. I just want it to be here. I want it to be nine o'clock tomorrow, tomorrow night, which is they probably won't fight till ten thirty eleven. There's three really good fights on before that. I don't care about those people. Three of the four fighters are undefeated and are knockout specialists. It doesn't matter. I am just throwing it out. I've there. never heard of them. Fine. Yeah, I, well, of course, I don't watch boxing. Yeah, I don't either. I'd I did watch, watch the Mayweather-Pacquiao fight. Though. I'd rather watch MMA. Uh, Me personally. I would, too. It's more exciting. Yeah, way more exciting. Really? So, thank you guys for tuning in. Until next time. Stay wobbly. <laughs> <laughs>